Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. This is On the Pony Express after Stang's postgame show. Tune in after each SMU game for reaction, exclusive interviews, and more. Check out all our SMU coverage you need at OnThePonyExpress.com. A part of the On3 network. Now, your host, Billy Embody. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the After Stang Show presented by Shug's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza. We are live at my humble abode because the Mustangs were on the road tonight on ESPN and came away with a 55 to nothing win over Temple in Philadelphia. The Mustangs improved to 5-2 and two overall on the season, and it was a dominating showing. SMU's 3-0 and in conference play already this season. First time SMU's won conference road games in consecutive weeks since 1984. Second shutout this season for the Mustangs. Second largest road shutout in program history. 58 nothing at Rice in 1978. The ninth largest shutout in program history. First time SMU has had multiple shutouts in a season since 2012. They had two that season as well. And the first shutout in a conference game since at UTEP in 2012. Look, I I, I, I want to begin with the defense because I, I think they've been the storyline of this team. They've been so good all season long, but this stat, I think, uh, puts this into perspective. And it comes from uh, uh, o, um, 
comes from uh, OptaStats on Twitter, O-P-T-A stats. FBS teams to record a 50-point shutout, five defensive sacks or more, allow zero third or fourth down conversions in a single game over the past 25 seasons. That's right, SMU tonight against Temple. And this defense, um, regardless of who Temple was starting at quarterback, they just got absolutely after it. EJ Warner was out for the Owls. Quincy Patterson came on and gave it a go uh, in uh, relief, uh, re- not relief of uh, EJ Warner, but got the start uh, for him as he continues to battle back from his concussion. And then uh, Brock, uh, or uh, uh, Forrest Brock, uh, got in on the action there in the second half as well. SMU held them to a combined 13 of 29. Uh, for an interception, uh, which was uh, Chris Adamora in the second half. SMU uh, did split the turnover battle one-to-one. Uh, and outside of that fumble on the first drive by Preston Stone and, and Jalen Knight in kind of a misread situation, SMU's offense also rolled against the Owls. SMU got a special teams touchdown from Roderick Daniels, a 67-yard punt return to kick off the scoring in the second half. It was all good for SMU, and there's really no other way to to slice and dice it. Uh, you can look back on it and and probably nitpick certain things, but that's what happens when you get into a game like this against a Temple team that has now lost five straight. All of those games, they've allowed 40 points or more. SMU getting the largest uh, margin of victory, even uh, beating out the margin of victory that Miami had over Temple, which I think uh, Miami Temple finished uh, 40-something to 7 um, on the season, 41 to 7, uh, and that was the first of their five consecutive losses. So Temple is down really bad. You've got to feel for Stan Drayton. I mean, the, the, the program there is just not in good shape. And so we'll dive into this defensive performance for SMU, I think, right off the bat. Um, Ahmad Moses leads the team in tackles uh, tonight with five. Jonathan McGill had a half sack. Elijah Chapman had a sack and a half. Uh, of course, he got called on that ticky tack, um, uh, roughing the passer call when he landed on him with his full weight. Uh, one and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, though, for Elijah. Um, and this defense, I think it starts up front. Um, and, and, and like we said, uh, SMU was just dominant. In their, in their showing against Temple. Um, for some reason, the stats don't show five sacks, but I believe they're going to end up with five sacks, um, and thus the, the stat from OptiStats, which we opened with. Uh, eight tackles for loss. Uh, the biggest thing is third and fourth down conversions. Nada for the Owls. Um, just a dominating performance. 131 total yards. As we'll, we'll, uh, I'm going to try something new here. I'm going to actually flash the stats up on the uh, screen for you guys overall if you're watching on our YouTube channel. Um, And and so you can kind of follow along uh, with those overall as we go through them. Um, But this is is an SMU uh, team that coming off of a poor offensive showing, uh, but a great defensive showing at East Carolina, they really needed everything to come together tonight against a bad Temple team. And you know, credit to Rhett Lashley, credit to his staff, uh, the players for putting it all together and and showing what you should do as a top team in a conference playing a bottom feeder. 
Um, they smelled the blood in the water from the get-go. Their first drive, they were able to go down the field. It didn't end with a touchdown, but that did kind of set the tone uh, once they kind of shook off some of those early uh, offensive just kind of miscues here and there. Uh, they were able to roll, um, and, and Preston Stone tied his career high in passing with 300 yards. He completed 64% of his passes, two touchdowns through the air and one on the ground. SMU uh, had three rushing touchdowns, uh, one from uh, Jalen Knighton and one from Kevin Jennings as well. Um, this was a dominant showing by SMU. And I, I think for me, the defense continues to be, be the story of this season so far for SMU. They're ranked 19th in total yardage going into this game. But as they allow 131 total yards to the Owls, they're going to move up even, even higher. I don't know what that's going to necessarily put them at overall i don't know if the ncaa i can check uh, updates their stats in terms of uh total yardage allowed um they haven't yet smu still at 19th but um they are probably going to move kind of up to that maybe knocking on the door of a top 10 defense in total yardage allowed um in terms of it, yards per game uh, which is i mean you you just can't quantify how important the defense playing the way it has, um, how how that how much that means to SMU and and why they've been able to now be one win away from bowl eligibility. Um, they've been able to just control the line of scrimmage, um, whether it's Elijah Roberts, Elijah Chapman, Devere Levelston, Jordan Miller. Um, SMU played a bunch of their defensive ends tonight as well. Um, which is really important to just continue to get after the quarterback. Um, and Temple wasn't able to run the ball. And um, I, I just think this is a, a team that has put together a championship cal caliber defense, and they did it tonight without Brandon Crosley. I don't think Brian Massey played. Um, I think Kobe Wilson ended up playing, uh, but he didn't play um, too, too much. Overall, he did finish with two tackles in his return to Temple. Of course, he had the the fumble. Uh, forced and fumble recovery against East Carolina last week. Um, so this is a, an SMU defense that you've got to give Scott Simons a lot of credit for. He's had his guys for the most part in position. Temple was plagued by drops tonight. Don't get me wrong. Um, but even with some of those drops, uh, they're, they're, I mean, at best able to extend a few drives here or there. You just kind of, you can't play necessarily the what if game there. SMU had a, couple drops uh, that stood out at least throughout the night, but um, they're, they're able to create a lot of that havoc because of how hard they play because of the defensive line getting after the quarterback and obviously shutting down the run. Uh, Quincy Patterson ran for 100 yards last week. He was held to eight yards on seven carries. Uh, that whole rushing attack combined for uh, to average one yard per carry even when you took out the, the sacks they ran for just 58 which is 2.9 yards per carry and SMU held firm in the red zone on on two opportunities they had the goal line stand which I thought was critical uh, just kind of cementing where SMU was in the game by that point um, it was Temple Temple's fifth drive of the game they did make a run you know driving down the field 13 plays 64 yards but they came away with nothing and um, I, I just I can't say enough good things about this SMU defense. They've got leadership at the right positions. Jonathan McGill continues to be a hard-hitting physical player who was uh, tied for second on the team in tackles with four. 
He had a half sack um, and two pass breakups on the night. And, um, you know, this game, I think, and and Rhett Lashley did lose his voice. So uh, there's really not too much uh, going on as far as uh, him doing postgame media this uh, week. But we did have Rob Likens. And when you get on a national stage and have a chance to step up on ESPN, we saw Thursday night last week, SMU played a much better team uh, defensively in East Carolina. Temple is is in the hundreds. Um, so there's there's that um, in terms of maybe why SMU uh, wasn't as crisp offensively by you know any means. That's not an excuse for how poorly they played in the middle two quarters last week. But Rob Likens just put it, you know, quite frankly, that they really wanted to show SM, SMU fans. They want to show the nation what SMU was about, and they did that tonight. You know, I, I hope that we represent, you know, the university with class, but also that we're relentless. We are, you know, what they call in baseball a really hard out, right? Um, we're going to be in there for the long haul. Uh, we play really hard and physical, and we're going to play for four quarters. I hope that's what they saw, because that's what we talked about at halftime of what we wanted to portray across the country. And even once they put in the backups um, as the fourth quarter really got going, that was when they made the switch from Preston Stone to Kevin Jennings. Kevin Jennings ends up um, throwing a touchdown pass in a way uh, on a jet sweep to Jordan Hudson. He went five of six, 58 yards and a touchdown. Um, Had some really nice throws, had one across the body to Romello Brinson. That was outstanding. Um, But Preston Stone has to be the guy that you talk about when you look at what this offense their, their ceiling can be and why they're either going to be successful or why they're not going to be successful. What he dictates opposing defenses to do the, to this offense is so important. And so for him to come out and have five carries, 25 yards, uh, a touchdown, he had a 21-yard touchdown run. So a large part of that yardage was there. Um, but he did have a couple of key short runs that picked up, I think two of them were uh, third down conversions. Uh, so Preston was able to use his legs a little bit more. Um, and the biggest thing he did, I, I, I thought his overall performance in the short to intermediate passing game was much better um, when it comes to what he was able to um, put together and, and kind of looking at what he did. Uh, he was perfect on the screen game. Uh, he picked up about, uh, I think, 33 yards on four passes in the screen game. So a lot of those jet sweeps um, and 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 the like. Um, short passing game. He was uh, three six uh, six of eight um, for thirty seven yards. Um, and then the mid range passing game, thirteen of eighteen for one hundred sixty three yards. Deep passing, two of nine, twenty two percent, eighty six yards. And there were a couple there. There was one where he made an unbelievable throw to Jordan Curley, kind of threw him open, and Curley just couldn't keep his footing. Ball hit him in the hands. It would have been a really, really tough catch, but he just wasn't able to haul it in. And um, so I I think when you look at what SMU wanted to do with Preston Stone this week, you wanted to see him, and we talked about it this week on the podcast, you wanted to see him take the next step against a bad team being efficient in the short to intermediate passing game. He did that. Rob Likens was among those who was absolutely thrilled for SMU's quarterback. Yeah, that, that, that was huge. And, and we left 
two touchdowns out there I know that that we didn't come down with that he put absolutely perfect, like perfect. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think he got a lot of confidence. Matter of fact, as soon as the game was over, I hugged him and I said, man, that, that was your best game of the year. One of those touchdowns that Rob Likens probably is talking about is the one that I think SMU ended up kicking a field goal at the end of the first half. He dropped in what would have been a tough but makeable catch to Jake Bailey right in the corner, kind of up the end zone along the sideline. Um, and he just couldn't come down with it. He kind of had it, and he, he just kind of ran out of real estate. The Temple defender was draped all over him. Um, but he had dropped it in there in a perfect way. Uh, that really gave him an opportunity to to make a play. And, you know, ending that first half with the field goal kind of left a little bit of a sour taste in uh, SMU's mouth. And there were plays left out there. And it wasn't perfect. You know, the fumble with Preston Stone and Jalen Knight. And, well, they turn around in the second half. I, I, yeah, second half, and that was Preston Stone's keeper. They basically flipped the play call. He kept it, pulled it, didn't fumble, and took it in for that 21-yard touchdown. But Rob Likens was the one that had to give the halftime speech. Rob, uh, again, Rhett Lashley uh, lost his voice, wasn't able to really get uh, the guys uh, going uh, with his you know impassioned uh, speeches before, after, whatever. And uh, you know, they Rob Likens let him know there's still a lot that SMU can improve on, some plays left out there. And boy, they they responded in a big way. Um, the thing I found most impressive is we came in at halftime and, you know, obviously coach couldn't talk. So I, I addressed the team and I talked to him about like the first half, I don't know, it just didn't sit right with me. We left too many plays out there. We didn't play, you know, a, com a complete all three phases. We challenged them, talked about not being satisfied. Um, that all, all three sides of the ball needed to go out and prove themselves. Wait, there were still things to prove in that second half. And what did we do? Come out, defense stops them, straight three and out. We go punt. We return the punt for a touchdown. Um, Junior um, did a great job, and probably that punt return for the touchdown is kind of like everybody on the sideline. It, it, it just gassed everybody up, juiced them up, man. It was, it was great to see. Uh, that we went out there and, and did what we actually came together in the locker room and talked about doing in the second half, and that was finishing, not having any let up whatsoever. Um, we were on national TV, and we knew that a lot of teams were, you know, sitting around at their, their dinner time watching our game, all right, across the country, and we wanted to, you know, we wanted to represent SMU in, in, the, in the light that we wanted to portray, when that was to be tough, finish, relentless. They sure did that tonight. And and look, Preston Stone wasn't perfect by any means. There were a couple, um, and I think they would qualify as some of these maybe deep passes. Um, there was one over the middle that I think he threw uh, behind Roger Daniels a little bit. He should have had that one. And I, and I do think there were moments where the offensive line wasn't perfect uh, this week. Um, they didn't have Justin Osborne for, I would say, I want to say three quarters. I didn't write down exactly when he went out, but um, SMU did also play their backups for the entire fourth quarter. So some of their statistics are probably a little off in a way. And, and that's a product of how well the defense and obviously Roger Daniels special teams returned for touchdown, the offense firing efficiently, efficiently enough for them to get ahead the way they were. It sets them up to kind of 
not shut things down because SMU is still able to grab two fourth quarter touchdowns, but it set them up to just not be as aggressive in certain ways. And so when you look at the final rushing stats, because this is a question coming in uh, from the on the Pony Express message board, just on the run game and uh, run game is interesting. I always have to kind of give that a second watch, but I, I think the overall pieces to this run game really showed that they're there to be productive and be able to get one. They got back on track. They had over 200 yards rushing um, and, and LJ Johnson um, had four carries for 48 yards. So he averaged 12 yards a carry. That's great. You want to see him continue to try and get into a little bit more of a rhythm. Um, And I thought he ran very, very well. Jalen Knight in 15 carries, 64 yards with just a long of 14. So he was chipping away 4.3 yards per carry. Uh, again, we talked about Preston Stone. Kamar Wheaton returned to action. He had seven carries, 16 yards. Uh, some of his carries were also with the backups in. Um, Tyler Levine, three carries, 13 yards. Belton Gardner even saw some time there late. So the run game in terms of using the overall stable was there, but you've got to also kind of remember that for basically an entire fourth quarter, I would say 10 solid minutes, you're looking at a run game that is not using your starters. So I I do think, yes, the run game is still just kind of coming along, but this is a run game that if you can translate this production and they ran 48 times uh, tonight, two of them were, were kneel downs at the end. So 46 while passing the ball, 43 times, um, I guess 42 with a spike, you're going to have success. And seeing Rhett Lashley get back towards that commitment to the run game a little bit more, I thought was important. They did it early. They stuck with it. They didn't let it go anywhere. I felt like they leaned on it the right way. And so I think this is what you want to try to replicate. Again, we'll be monitoring Justin Osborne, see kind of where he ends up being at. Um, He's been battling injuries the last few weeks. Um, So he got nicked up in this one. Jalen Knight in return from getting nicked up to have a couple nice carries. He's playing really tough football for SMU. I don't think he's 100% by any means, but um, what they're able to do on the ground, they can work with this. They can absolutely work with this if they can continue to just keep building in the right direction. I think tonight was a decent step um, going the right way. A couple questions here um, before we'll kind of get out of here. It's a, it's a blowout. It's it's tough to, um, you know, try to project a game like this uh, throughout the rest of the season, even though there are a couple teams out there on SMU schedule where this type of a game, this type of a showing is possible if they can fire on all cylinders like they did tonight. Couchum asks, uh, who's worse, Temple today or 2003 SMU? Wasn't around for 2003 SMU, so you might have to tell me, but Smooth twice took my answer and kind of response here. Uh, 2014 SMU is pretty bad overall. I think Temple, uh, they were able to um, uh, kind of play Rutgers tough. Uh, they do have uh, one win on the season against an FCS team or an F- FBS team, and they got it out of the way uh, early. Uh, I'll have to try and look that up. But uh, I, I think this is a Temple team that certainly is missing E.J. Warner. He was – I mean, he's so much better than the two quarterbacks they rolled out there. So 
that is worth noting, um, just kind of comparing how bad Temple was. But look, somebody, one of my close SMU friends uh, made a good point and said, when was the last time SMU was, you know, on this side of this type of, of a performance? And I mean, we talked about it at the opening with all the stats and how as, you know, largest shutout and uh, I think well over a decade, this is the type of game that you want to be on this side of uh, if you're an SMU fan. So um, to replicate this at some point down the stretch would be nice. Um, Temple did beat Akron uh, to open up their season. So I, I think the 2014 SMU team probably takes them just a little bit, but a, a large part of that is Temple being undermanned. They had a lot of injuries. Uh, and in particular, when you're missing a quarterback like EJ Warner, you're going to be taken out of a lot of games uh, that you might otherwise have a better chance to uh, win. Uh, Smooth Twice asks, uh, Jordan Hudson repeatedly set himself apart as the best receiver on 50-50 balls. What is holding SMU back from utilizing him more? Uh, Jordan Hudson finished with a team. Uh, he was second on the team in yardage, uh, but he did lead, uh, tied for the lead with Jake Bailey with six receptions. Jordan Hudson had 82 yards. Uh, he had two touchdowns on the night. And I think Rob Likens, he said it in his postgame interview, which is up at ontheponyexpress.com. He said this week he really challenged his guys. He said, there's no more starters. You know, go out and take it. And he challenged his group. And Jordan Hudson got opportunities. I think he had the first reception of the game. It ended up going for first down. And it kind of, you know, once that happened, it kind of got SMU going a little bit on that first drive. Obviously, it ended with a fumble, but um, they were able to uh, get him involved. And that's what needs to happen. I, I, Jake Bailey over the middle was money. He averaged, uh, I want to say, a try to pull up his numbers um but uh jake bailey finished six receptions 74 yards he had um uh all six of his catches went for first downs um he did have one drop it was kind of behind him uh uh you know on a little kind of short route um for preston stone um but other than that um <laughs> he was mr first down for smu um, on Friday night, which was big. So they, I just think the passing game was much more in sync and, and Preston Stone had a lot of confidence. I felt like he was confident going into East Carolina. That's why we saw him have that type of, you know, first quarter ish production with, with the two touchdown passes, but this was kind of a confidence building game for him. And so I think it's important, but I, I think Jordan Hudson is absolutely um, setting himself apart in terms of his physicality and his ability to uh to make plays whenever he's called upon and and that's really really important before we get to the rest of your questions i want to remind you guys to check out our friends at bird dogs birddogs.com slash pony gets you a free bird dogs hydro flask style water bottle when you use the code pony uh it's starting to cool down you have the shorts that i've talked about you can work out in them. You can be out, you know, kind of hanging out with family and friends, very casual. They've got the bathing suits, but it's starting to cool down. So check out the joggers or the, the khakis that they have. These are super comfortable. I was in a pair of the joggers yesterday. I was out in a, uh, at a high school game in Louisiana and I was in those joggers pretty much all day. And the nice thing about them is even as you still have some of this heat that we're dealing with in Dallas, they're so comfortable, but they breathe. They have that sweat wicking fabric 
that really helps you out just overall throughout your day. If you're in them all day, again, super comfortable. You can get them with or without the liner. And also check out the Bird Dogs polos as well. Um, I've got one of them. Again, they've got that sweat whipping, wicking uh, fabric um, that I just, I got to have. Um, I sweat a lot. And these are uh, the truth. They're they're really, really comfortable. So check out our friends at Bird Dogs. You can use the promo code PONY to get a free Hydro Flask style water bottle with the Bird Dogs logo on it. Those things are um, a pretty penny. So it's worth checking them out at Bird Dogs. Uh, they're our favorite um, you know, apparel uh, for the kind of the casual uh, nest that, that you need to be comfortable in this heat in Dallas, or even as it starts to cool down, those joggers or pants are the way to go. So shout out Bird Dogs for their support of the On the Pony Express podcast, um, and be sure to check them out. Kind of going down the stretch here, guys, um, this was a complete blowout by, by SMU, and that meant the third stringers and the second stringers got in on the action, and that's great, Ralph, uh, asks uh, about the third string and some of the takeaways. I think, one, we saw... I think the the backup offensive line get in there and still be able to move Temple off the ball, um, which is a big indictment, of course, on Temple, but also just a good sign because sometimes when you get these backups in, you get these third stringers in, they can't do it at a consistent level to really move down the field and give yourself an opportunity to score touchdowns. Well, Kevin Henry Jennings was able to uh, get that second touchdown pass to Jordan Hudson for his night. He also had a keeper. Uh, for a touchdown. And I just felt like you saw that um, arm strength that we talk about. It's pretty special. And that throw across his body to Romello Brinson was a prime example. So uh, Kevin Jennings is uh, a very nice future piece for Rhett Lashley and this entire coaching staff. Um, and and I think getting him in there, getting him action was very important. But also, I made the point on the board, somebody asked, you know, kind of taking him out, maybe didn't agree with it. But if anything happens to Kevin Jennings in a blowout win and Preston Stone, the way SMU used him in the run game a little bit more tonight, which I thought was nice, if anything happens to Preston Stone, you can't have gotten your quarter, your backup quarterback, especially one of Kevin Jennings, uh, like his ability, you can't get him hurt um, because this is a team with a defense that is championship caliber, they have pieces to be successful offensively. And so you can't lose your opportunity to go win a championship. They, the chances might go down. They might end up going up. We wouldn't, we wouldn't know. But you can't lose that opportunity because Kevin got hurt in a blowout game. So um, Alex Padilla did come in. He ended up kneeling it out for SMU. Um, but, um, and then defensively, they didn't have too many guys in there on defense because you're kind of dealing with a travel squad situation where um, SMU was also thin at safety. Uh, they did roll in their backup corners a little bit. Um, they, I saw they did a nice job rotating the ends. Isaiah Smith played a bunch. Cam Robertson, Jalen Samuels, all of them. Mike Johan, Sanjo, and Jiki uh, had a tackle for loss, I think, uh, in there as well. Um, so they did rotate some of those guys, but uh, there just wasn't um, that many opportunities for the backup defenders to overall do a wholesale change and get them in there. I mean, if you look down the stat sheet for this SMU defense, Abdul Muhammad, Mike Johan, Sanjo, and Jiki, those are kind of the only two like reserves 
that made an appearance on the stat sheet. Micah Hiltz, he showed up in his first game for SMU this season. He's been banged up. He caught a pass for seven yards. Um, they were just able to uh, get as many guys in as they could. This wasn't a home game where they had the full complement of an entire team to, to roll through. So um, those were some of the limited takeaways I had um, on those guys. Um, but overall, um, this was as clean a performance as you could really ask for. A couple things here or there, but um, this is something where SMU should be able to build off of it um, and continue to um, just gain confidence from. So they've got a late night. They'll get in around 4 a.m., Rob Lykins said on his postgame uh, radio appearance. And Garen Justice did a nice job on the actual SMU radio network uh, recapping the game. But uh, they will take that day off. I know the staff will be out recruiting um, a little bit, I think. Um, I could be wrong on that. I know it's a Saturday. I don't know if there's any Saturday games they can catch. But overall, they'll be able to recharge, reset, because SMU does take on Tulsa 11 a.m. Central on Saturday for homecoming. A quick reminder, guys, if you are subscribed to OnThePonyExpress.com or if you're not, join us. Join the site for just a dollar for your first month and make sure you sign up for the epic wine tasting and live recording of this week's Walking Strong podcast with Bill Armstrong. We'll be at the Armstrong Fieldhouse on Wednesday evening. So be sure to sign up and subscribe to the site. You'll be able to enjoy some great epic wine. We'll talk a little football on a live podcast recording, and it'll just be fun to, um, of course, get with uh, some of our familiar faces on the site. Um, looking forward to that. Great kickoff to, to homecoming weekend uh, for us at OnThePonyExpress.com. We've had a bunch of new subscribers jump on board the website, OnThePonyExpress.com. So check us out. A lot of recruiting news on there. Um, it's been a nice little run here. SMU looking to keep it going. They're 5-2. and two. They can beat Tulsa. They'll be bowl eligible. That'd be a nice homecoming feather in the cap. We'll be back next week at Shug's for uh, a early evening after Stang show, maybe looking at SMU being bowl eligible once again. So um, with that, guys, going to shut down this edition of the after Stang show. Check out Shug's Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza. Go to Shug'sBagels.com to order yourself a late night meal uh, with their after hours program or stop by before that. 11 a.m. kickoff, get yourself a bagel and hit the boulevard. Um, that is the way to do it. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition. Thank you guys for all the questions um, and hope everybody had a nice Friday night with a dominant, dominant 55 to nothing win for the Mustangs. We'll catch you guys next week on the After Stang Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on three and on Instagram at on three SMU. And keep it locked to OnThePonyExpress.com for more coverage. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.